Hey everybody, you're listening to The Power, Andy Knowles, formerly of the Pro Wrestling Rewind on ESPN Radio, and you are listening to the WrestleView International Desk, right here on Phoenix 92.5. from the Blanchestan Center. This is Phoenix FM. It has been said that anything can happen here in the World Wrestling Federation, but now more than ever, truer words have never been spoken. This is a conscious effort on our part to open the creative envelope, so to speak, in order to entertain you in a more contemporary manner. Even though we call ourselves sports entertainment because of the athleticism involved, the key word in that phrase is entertainment. The WWF extends far beyond the strict confines of sports presentation into the wide open environment of broad-based entertainment. We borrow from such program niches like soap operas, like the days of our lives, or music videos such as those on MTV, daytime talk shows like Jerry Springer and others, and other widely accepted forms of television entertainment. We in the WWF think that you, the audience, are quite frankly tired of having your intelligence insulted. We also think that you're tired of the same old simplistic theory of good guys versus bad guys. Surely the era of the superhero who urged you to say your prayers and take your vitamins is definitely passe. Therefore, we've embarked upon a far more innovative and contemporary creative campaign that is far more invigorating and extemporaneous than ever before. We would like to thank you for watching. Okay, everybody, welcome to Phoenix 92.5 FM. My name is Daryl O'Connor, and you're listening to the Rest of You International Desk Podcast 318. And I'm joined on the line by Mr. Bryn O'Rourke. Bryn, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm hoping I'm coming through loud and clear right now. <laughs> yes, guys, for anyone who doesn't know, we're trying a brand new way of actually recording the show. And it worked. So, yes. <laughs> Thank Absolutely. God for that. The, yeah. nerve, the nerves were real. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, uh, yeah we, haven't got a tech, we, we haven't got a text line at the moment. Uh, I've, been, I've been getting a couple of emails about that. Uh, but you can tweet us. You can tweet us at, the, at WVI Desk on Twitter. Or, of course, uh, Rest of You International Desk on Facebook is a good way to reach us as well. Or WVI Desk 2016 at gmail.com is the best way to reach us by email. So, Bryn, uh, this week is going to be a bit different for everybody. You, Yourself and myself, we do two shows here on Phoenix FM. We do this show, which uh, we're nearly up to 350 shows. And we also do Nerd to Know, uh, sorry, Nerd to Know Basis, which uh, is a show that goes out on Saturday. So what we're going to do is we're going to kind of do half and half because this week, again, not a lot happened in wrestling, but also Dublin City Comic Con is on Saturday. So that's huge. <laughs> it's, all, well, it's on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, and we're going to be there on a Saturday, so we're not going to actually get a chance to do the show live. So what we're going to do is we're going to do half and half. It's like, you know, when when WWE bought WCW and they kind of wheeled out Nitro halfway through? That's what's happening here. Mm. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh god, but yeah. buff, well, left less buff Bagwell though. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't. Just cruiserweights, <laughs> please. <laughs> just, just the cruiserweights. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, well, we we do have we do have a fair amount uh, to discuss on, on that side of things as well because uh, you know a few movie reviews and stuff like that as well. Because what, what you know, it's kind of a sampling of both. But let, well, since we only have half an hour here for the desk, let's get into it. So last night I, I actually watched Raw for the first time in like a year like live oh and, how was uh, it 
Oh, well, uh, you know, we were talking a bit before we went on air. Ronda, like, killed Alicia Fox. Like, <laughs> so it, great. <laughs> like, absolutely just, like, to say it was a mauling would be underselling it. She absolutely yeah. devastated that, the woman. That was, that was uh, like, saying was that uh, Alicia Fox's mauled would be kind of, like, suggesting that she got some kind of resistance in. She, she didn't. No. No, there was no resistance. There was just beatings over and over and over again. Uh, yeah, it all oh, was great. Like I kind of, I, I've seen people criticize Ronda for looking really sloppy in the ring, but it's kind of like that, that believable kind of sloppiness. And I kind of, yeah, like, it, it, I kind of like it. It's it's, a, it's the same sloppy that like Brock Lesnar has, where yeah. like yeah, but but Brock Lesnar two thousand two, not Brock Lesnar now, yeah, where he like doesn't care about anything. When it was like um, the uh, Scott Steiner back when he could actually like put on a match, he had that kind of a sloppiness to him as well. Yeah, um, you know, it's that kind of, like it's it's really be- it's really believable. It looks dangerous because it probably is. Like I'd say, <laughs> I'd but say she took it like a champ. So fair play yeah. to her. Yeah, well, I mean, like Alicia is like no one has ever said Alicia Alicia Fox can't bump. <laughs> no, no one has ever said that about her. So like, no, no. you know, I think I think she did a really good job. Um, like uh, the two of them together put on like the most effective match possible for what needed to be achieved. Yeah. Um, and like, if, if anything, it just gives you a stronger feeling that like, you know, if, uh, if Ronda gets her way, it's, it's going to be a very one-sided affair against the, against Alexa Bliss, but you know, shenanigans will ensue. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I have to say though, watching the show now in 2018, uh, it's a lot more tolerable than it has been. Because it just seems that they actually figure out the you know it's too long right it is three hours is still very long but you know it, it doesn't feel as bad now because you know they have the they seem to make use of their time all the segments kind of make sense there's a lot um, a lot of a lot of female performers there and also all the storylines are actually being set up quite well now I think it is just because it's like oh, two weeks before SummerSlam mm. but uh, it, it didn't feel like it was painful. Yeah, I didn't feel I, bored. I think um, I think the fact that like you're bringing up SummerSlam is probably a good point, but it's also they have been having this like low key momentum towards putting on like acceptable shows. Like not you know by no means am I saying they're bad, but I'm not saying they're praises either. They're just mm, they're just there shows. You know, I mean like even yeah. um, like a little bit before, bit before we went on the air as well. I watched the. Uh, at the uh, revival take on uh, take on the B team, and then you had the whole angle with the um, with the uh, the leader of worlds coming out, and that was awesome. I love that. Uh, I love where they set that up. That's so cool. But I'm, I'm just a sucker for the blackout um, the blackout shenanigans. But yeah. so I loved it. But like I, I, you know, I thought that was really well executed, and it's just kind of fun to see stuff like that happened throughout the card now, which like, yeah. they haven't been doing that for a very long time. Oh, uh, yeah. No, no. Like, it, like, people have been saying, oh, you know, this goes back to the attitude era kind of thing. Well, mm-hmm. this is this is what it was like. And I don't mean that in, you know, sex and violence. I mean, like, everything on the card kind of made sense. Yeah. Everything you know, it, had it, its own bit. Like, it had yeah, its own... It, it, it was a, it, you know, used to tree ring circus kind of thing. You know, you have your acrobats and then you have your, your fire eaters and then you have your clowns. It all kind of, it all kind of made sense, and that's what Raw has been missing. Mm-hmm. So when you're watching the whole show, you're not just getting match after match after match after match, or God forbid, uh, promo, after promo after promo after promo. Yeah, yeah, half half an hour 
segments mm. broken up by a couple of matches. And to be fair, that's what SmackDown was like last week, but in a good way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> real. Know, but like there, there's always going to be like exceptions to the rule, like mm. you know, um, like sometimes you have to have a promo heavy show just because yeah. you, you know, like with all the grace in the world, exposition is needed at times. Yes. You know, yes. like you know, I, I need and even an even heavy handed exposition, Bryn. Yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just like sometimes it's needed, sometimes it's not. It like it just really depends on like um what's going on. I think I think for like the last year or so there has been like maybe I'm a bit oh maybe I'm uh, tinting it a bit too much. Maybe like but for the last like definitely for the last six months or so, there has been this like revitalized kind of perspective on trying to actually have the whole show be enjoyable. Mm. And you know, it, like I, I'm still not like going. Oh yeah, it's better than like Lucha Underground or whatever. But it's, I mean, they're doing their thing and they're doing it well. And like, I can't, I can't really complain. It's been a very long time since I've watched a WWE show where I'm like the wrong guy won. Mm. You know? Like, well, look, uh, well, look here's on that point. Like, yeah, it's not better than Lucha Underground because Lucha Underground has been doing this for four or five years, even longer. Yeah. If well, WWE keep going in this way, man. Shows, though. They're exactly. Shows. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like it's they use their time well and they yeah. use their time effectively. WWE haven't done that in mm. you know twelve years. Yeah, but I, I and that's of, being generous. Twelve years is being generous. I kind of so. uh, kind of put it with the same way I talked about TNA. Rather than, like Lucha Underground is unfair because Lucha Underground didn't have a ba- like didn't have like a period where they sucked. Yes, you know, that's you're true. Coming into it, going okay, cool, and it allowed you to win. You know, because you didn't have anything to compare it to, it was allowed. You were allowing it to win you over. Mm. It was like, you know, if you've been watching TNA since the, since it began, or you've been watching WWE since it began, there's a very good chance that both those shows have burned you out and made you go screw watching them. And yeah. it's very hard to come back to those shows and like them. And both of them, are, like. I'm not going to say they're killing it, but they're getting close to killing it. <laughs> you know, like- the, uh, man, I, I agree with you hundred percent. Like it, it is, it is crazy to look back and, you know, uh, I, I've been going through, um, through older shows, uh, to try and find clips and stuff like that, just to have for backups, just in case we can't do a show. And I came across TNA mega runs where I would just rant for like 25 minutes about how bad TNA was. Yeah. And, uh, it's crazy that everything that was addressed in those has now been not only corrected, but doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. You know, that whole show is just, it's it's beyond watchable. It's actually enjoyable. WDB, on the other hand as well, exactly the same thing. Like this Seth Rollins, uh, Drew McIntyre, Dolph Ziggler yeah, angle, three way. Oh man, it's fantastic. It's so good. Now I think a lot of it is because Cena isn't there and I don't get upset every time watching the show, yeah. but you know, actually, you know what? I, I, people are gonna say, "Oh, you hate Johnson?" Yeah, I do. Not as an actor, though. As an actor, he's a good actor. He's funny. Yeah. But as a wrestler, ruins my life. Um, <laughs> it's just, yeah. But uh, him not being on the show is just so much, yeah. so much better. I, I see. The thing is, like, I don't even because, like, I think a lot of people's feelings towards Cena have been transferred to Roman. No, I love Roman. I think Roman's awesome. Yeah, it's just like. I, like I've talked about this before, but it's a case yes. of like for me, well, there's no stakes in a Roman Reigns match. No, no. He wins or wins or loses, it makes it very hard to like. I mean, there's nothing like Roman doesn't do anything wrong. It's not his fault that he's in the, that he's in the position that he's in. It's just the case of like he has. There are no 
ways to approach him as a character and go, oh, this is compelling because mm. once you've like once you've seen enough of his matches and you see how he's treated, you know, it's you just know that the, the, like he's always gonna be a main event. Like the, the, his main event status is never on the line, and that's not, like. Like as much as like that, as people might go, oh well, like that you could say the same thing about Seth Rollins. I go like, yeah, but like Seth Rollins, to be fair to him, if like I don't know if Seth Rollins is gonna is a main eventer if he's on the same show as Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Finn Balor, and Drew McIntyre. I do know Roman Reigns is, and that's not by my, me wanting him to be. You know, like there's a there are like there are a lot more guys that can compete that can compete. On a level, like there's a there's a whole like um, there's a whole ceiling that like a lot of the guys who are main eventers right now are hitting off of that like Roman doesn't even have to worry about. In the no, well, to put it into perspective here, right? I don't want to be like every other wrestling podcast or radio show, but Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns is the main event for SummerSlam. <laughs> it's like nobody likes this match. This yeah. is like seeing a or Orton again, but. Yeah. No, like it's so. At least when when Ray, uh, Orton and Cena were going out, it, people were like, "Oh my god, I hate this." With Lesnar and and Reigns, everyone's like, care. "They don't care." It's like, oh, okay, you know, yeah, it's like but, it's just apathy. Hundred percent, like, yeah, whatever, man. No, no one cares. I, I genuinely know? hope they put it on last so people could get can get it uh, get to the car park and can beat the, can beat the traffic. It's like, all right, <laughs> come on, quick, <laughs> just, just just leave. Yeah, like. I th- and, like and, Sorry, go on. There was um, like what I was going to say was like when it comes to like uh, that match, it just the tagline from uh, the terrible Alien versus Predator film. It's like whoever wins, we lose. <laughs> like, sums up how I feel about that match so much because like I, like outside of something crazy happening, like Heyman siding with Roman, I think I, that's going to happen. I yeah. think no, I think that's going to happen. I think that's what they're building up for. Yeah, but I mean, like, if they do that, then they have to like they have to turn Roman heel, and they like play, like, and I think that that would be much more interesting because then it is a case of going, well, we haven't seen Roman as a heel since he debuted, and mm-hmm. maybe his main event status will be in jeopardy then, and that could be interesting. And I just, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like it's the seat, it's like the the backwash from Cena where you're going. I waited so long for them to do it with Cena. I just, I don't even dare to dream anymore. <laughs> like with with Cena, he needed it to actually kind of become a character. Cena never had a character, and this is the main problem I had. I don't want to go into a Cena rant, but I'm just going to put it put it in, into to boil it down. Cena never had a character. Cena's character made no sense. I know he's supposed to be the stable thing in unstable times. However, as a character, what was he? Was he a rapper? Was he a soldier? Was he neither? Was he a bad wrestler? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, was he just lazy? You know, I don't know what your character was. At least with Roman Reigns, I'm like, right, I get it. You're supposed to be like, you a know, nice guy. Well, yeah, but he's supposed nice, to be. He's a nice supposed, guy who can never get away from a shower. Well, see, he's, <laughs> he's supposed to be what Undertaker, American badass, was. You know, where he's like, he's the big dog, and you know, it's his yard and all that kind of garbage. At least I know what his character is now. Does he achieve it? No, because he's way too nice and way too likable. And but he's, he's to, like, he's just so smug. It's like, oh yeah, I can win matches while wearing a flak jacket. Like, 
D'Lo Brown did that too. Yeah, but D'Lo Brown didn't win every fucking match he had. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, maybe he should have. <laughs> like, uh, you better recognize Brent. Yeah. <laughs> oh it's no. Just like, you know, it just—it's just one of those things, man. I just can't. I just can't. Like, I just can't get past like this thing with him of just going like, could they do something interesting with them? I hope they do. I just don't see it. And it's because I've been conditioned for them to do this. <laughs> well, you just have to stop having it. Look, here's the thing. He should have won at WrestleMania. Right? He should have won at Saudi Arabia. He should have won at any of the other times where he was supposed to win and didn't. Right? If he yeah. doesn't win at SummerSlam, never let Roman Reigns face Brock Lesnar again. Yeah. Ever. Like, there's no point. It's like, you can't beat him. It's just not going to happen. Just stop. You know, it, it, stop, stop. He's already dead. That That's kind of like, that's every time I see a Roman Reigns match where he doesn't win. And I'm like, okay, this is a waste. The thing yeah. about it is now, right? If Roman Reigns wins the match, right? That leaves WDB in a very interesting position. One, we know Brock Lesnar is leaving. You're probably back in about a year. He just wants to do the UFC thing, get beaten and go back. Fair enough. Now, with Roman Reigns, the thing about it is he needs to win this match. And you need to do something with him. Just bringing him out, smiling and going, hey, hey, guys, look at my belt and people booing him. Mm. That's terrible. Absolutely no way nobody gets over it. Everybody boos and cries. Yeah. The main thing is they need to either go full board Roman Reigns and go, look, I told you I'm awesome, super mega crazy heel. But like, just do what he's doing now. Just embrace it. And then you're fine. And then you can build your Samoa Joe. You can turn Joe into being a face. You have Finn Balor there who can go up for after he goes after Baron Corbin. Even bring in Baron Corbin, who, you know, heel versus heel, kind of have a little slow burn before they go into the Royal Rumble, um, the run, or sorry, into the Survivor Series, one of the things. There's a lot they can do. But just having nothing or just going to status quo is death for this angle. And that's what caused... Orton and Cena to suck for so many years. The status quo of the two of them. Orton always been the heel, Cena always been the face, and yeah. that was it. Stagnation is death, and that's what these need to avoid here. Now, I do want, I, I am really enthused about this uh, Adria Seltzer Joe thing. Oh. That's going to be a great match. That's the main defense, and if that's on last, I'll be yeah. upset because that means we'll have to watch we have to stay up for it yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just just put that on first so i can not watch the rest of the show please yeah oh my god like i mean it's been i mean how long has it been now since the last time we had aj versus joe as a match oh man years you know tna like wasn't it yeah yeah, yeah. TNA, well, no. i still remember their first match and it was in my opinion it was probably the best match they had one-on-one against each other just because yes. like the story they told was unreal and like because of that goes back when Joe was undefeated and there's just, it was just so, there was just so much going on it. That was, it was just so damn cool. Um, I like, Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what they do. Cause it's just every time they, every time they're in the ring together, it's magic. And if, as long as they're given 15, 20 minutes, perfect length for them. And they'll just bring the house down. Who do you want to win? I don't care. It doesn't matter. It's gonna be great. <laughs> I know, no, I know it's gonna be great. But who yeah. do you want to win? That's the question. I'd, I'd like to see Joe win. I'd like to see Joe win. But I also love AJ as being champion. So it's like, yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's like, hard. It's, the hard one. Like, you know, I mean, Joe has been one of my favorites since I saw him. So it would be loved. It'd be great to see him get the WWE title. It would be so great. Mm. But you know, it's also like a case of like, well. You know, I just I really love AJ Styles as champion, and it would be very cool because like AJ's so close, like breaking to like uh, making his way up in like um, all time records and stuff like that. Like he's, I think it's 
either this month or next month that he uh, that he, he exceeds uh, Shawn Michaels' uh, consecu- uh, uh, combined title reign days, you know, which is huge. Yes. It's so huge. And like, it'd be great, cool to see that happen. But at the same time, if Joe ends it, that's still cool because Joe's awesome. So see, like, see, this, is, this is part of the program they can do. They can have, you know, AJ win now mm. and have him lose at Survivor Series and then try to chase it into the Rumble, which would be a good, which mm. would be a good little program for them. So you know, I'm excited either way. But it's man, it's yeah. it, for me that's the that's the highlight of the show. And yeah. obviously, uh, Survivor we're still a little bit away from SummerSlam. SummerSlam is the 19th of August, mm. so that's not this week; it's next week. Uh, I'm right, yeah. It yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah d- dates are getting away from me. It's, <laughs> it's not fun. <laughs> Um, but yeah, there's a couple of good show. There's a couple of good uh, matches lined up now. I'm unsure about one or two of them because obviously just circumstance. Like this, shouldn't say Nakamura Jeff Hardy match. I don't think that will happen. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, and uh, the Finn Balor Baron Corbin match was just setting the zone now, so we have to kind of see exactly where these uh, the stipulations are, what's going to happen, and you know, it, it, we'll, we'll get probably a bit more picture for, uh, next on next week's show what i do want to talk about real quick before we go to break is all in all in now is it's going to be broadcast live on pay-per-view and on fight tv and the pre-show is going to be on wgn america no word as of yet of how it's going to be broadcast over here we probably will be able to see it in some yeah. in some fashion on pay-per-view or you know uh through some sort of app uh when we find out we let you know but for anyone who doesn't know all in is the completely independent pay-per-view coming from chicago on september 1st brainchild of cody Rhodes and the young books and it's going to uh be broadcast at 7 p.m eastern so yeah guys uh, right now we don't know 100 percent what's going on we, we don't really know a lot of what's going on yeah uh, there's just, only been a smattering of matches that have been announced yeah like um, e- either it's going to be one of the biggest pay-per-views of all time based on its merit or it's going to suck we don't know yet <laughs> but so, so like i mean so far it seems like it's it, it, so far it seems like it's going to be bar none the most ex- successful independent show ever ever made yeah <laughs> You know, already at this point, even if like no one buys the show, it'll still be more successful than just about anything else. True. Um, but it's like the the other thing as well about it is that like some of the matches they're having are like kind of crazy and interesting. Like I saw one the other day where it's like uh, it's going to be Christopher Daniels versus Stephen Amell. Stephen Amell, yeah. Oh, who is, is the like, star of Arrow? Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, which is weird, and I don't know how I feel about that, but sure, yeah. it is what it is. Well, like I mean, Amell is part of the ball club, so you know. And it's, but this is his third pro wrestling match. He had a, a ten ten man tag match with Bullet Club last year. Yeah, and obviously uh, with SummerSlam. Yeah, this it's is like his first thing. signals. This is his first single. Match. It could work. I, well, I'm, not, I'm not going to pill on it. Yeah, but like I mean, yeah, like at this point, he's been he's been trained fully in wrestling. Yeah, you know, he's become like I mean, again, he's in Bull Club. Like he's got a full on personal relationship with um, Cody Rhodes uh, with, uh, with that group. Yeah, you know, I don't think it's outside the like, and you know, I mean, the guy puts his body on the line. He risks it when he gets in there. So you know, and I think. I think him being in there with Daniels is probably the smartest move for him because Daniels puts on, puts on really good matches. He's also yeah. his houses in there. Yeah, I think it'll be good. I think it'll be a really solid match. I'm not expecting it to be like. I'm expecting it to clear the very low hanging bar of of being a great uh, of being a great 
uh, match for a non-wrestler, <laughs> for a celebrity. But that's like, you know, it's a low-hanging fruit kind of situation. Yeah, yeah. like oh, before Ronda Rousey, the the bar was quite was quite low. Yeah, so. but I mean, like Ronda Rousey is also like an unfair an unfair situation where you're comparing someone who's had like who who's been training in combat sports her entire life has always been a wrestling fan versus True. someone who's like an actor who can also do the, the the selling stuff properly but like the athletic stuff is less of a known quantity it's a very like it's kind of like as big a risk as being a pro wrestler and going into mma True, which know? we saw how that worked out for cm punk yeah who is still it's questionable she might turn up. There's a very high possibility that could happen, but we talked about it in the show already. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's something that a lot of people are still kind of throwing back and forward. Two matches which are also announced is SoCal Uncensored versus the the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions, the Briscoes. And then also there is the 15-person over-budget Battle Royale v- uh, featuring Moose, Ethan Page, Colt Cabana, Rocky Romero, and Jordan Grace. So that's yeah. great. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we will be covering it. Just when we find out how we can watch it, <laughs> we'll let you guys know. Because right now, we don't know. One thing we do know, though, Brian, before we go to break, uh, WWE, a former WWE champion, uh, Dean Ambrose, is expected to make his return either at SummerSlam or a little bit after, which is... Oh. Yeah. And at that's, SummerSlam, you say? Yep. Oh, isn't that interesting? Yep. So you know, do keep an eye on that. Yep. So that's that's where we are right now. Not a not a whole lot of uh, wrestling news, except for obviously the sad sad passing of like four wrestlers in one day. Brian Christopher. Who who are the other ones that it's escaping me, Brian? There are so many of them. But like again, it's it's been a while since uh, it's been a while since we've had a wrestling since we had since we had wrestling deaths like. Yeah, and that magnitude in all one day is like ridiculous. It was like three. It was like three deaths, including him. There's two other people. I just can't remember off the top of my head right now yeah just uh, we we did we have we haven't talked about that since it happened so obviously it's always sad when when people pass but it's been a while since wwe has has experienced this level of of death in in the company so hopefully hopefully that's the last now we have for a while you know i there was a period there Bryn, where you turn on you know you pull up rest of you or some other wrestling website and it'd be such and such has passed yeah. every week every no, day almost. at one point yeah. Yeah, it was like that was that period from like what 2006 to 2012, where the most freaking would be would be every day. The least yeah. would be one a week. Yeah, and it would just be like people like every like unless in the podcast around that time sucked because it was like every other show like every show would be like oh and so and so did this you know, and you just like it it's not what so, you want. But it was like you know it kind of like the sad thing about it is it kind of made me numb so that like when what was it 2016 when all like the like when a bunch of major celebrities died i was just like oh i'm used to this now <laughs> like like try being a wrestling fan that's yeah. you know it's like, I've, like, en- I've endured this it's fine we'll be like fine. it's like this is a tuesday you know it's yeah. like that, that's how common it was but definitely sad passing um, for anytime wrestler passes, you know, particularly in the circumstances of the one that kind of hit a lot of people uh, was Brian Christopher because of too cool and that, and you know, obviously being our age group, and the way he passed was was horrific. But you know, still a very very sad passing on there on that. But uh, yeah, guys, that's we're going to take a take a break here and come back and kind of reset to go into our other show 
which is near to no basis. So when we come back, we're going to jump into that. So, uh, from the Blanchestan Center. This is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is Sparta! All your base are belong to us. The balls are inert. And now it begins. Alright guys, and we're back here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. Doing the doing the jump in from show to show. This is very much what I'd imagine fans were like when they were watching WCW Raw and it turned into WCW so this is Nerd to Know here on Phoenix 92.5 FM which is usually out on Friday at 5pm uh, where of course we cover all things nerd and pop culture so uh, this is this is the show that is going at Wild Rock Comic Con so uh, yeah Bryn a lot to get through this week again as yeah, always yeah. it's crazy um, apologies I missed I was out an assignment uh, watching films <laughs> he was which which, yeah. you, which you forgot about yeah. <laughs> we all kind of forgot about but hey it yeah. is what it is but the thing about it is we have three reviews to get through today pretty much cool. I do have one very quick piece of news that came out hot off the presses shoot um, there has been a casting for Batwoman uh, for uh, by the CW for one of their shows what who is it yeah they cast uh, Ruby Rose who uh, people might know from Orange is the New Black and the Meg and John Wick chapter 2 yeah so it's she's a badass so it's gonna be go- she's gonna be able to play that character pretty damn well. That's yeah. pretty cool. I'm looking forward to that. Actually, yeah. the CW has like I actually watched a good video series there mapping the rise and fall and then rise again of Arrow. Yeah. Uh, so apparently, the last season of Arrow was really good. Uh, I need to get back into it. I kind of the only real thing I watched on the CW like hardcore was the Constantine show. Yeah. Uh, which I enjoyed and he canceled it. But hey, he came back in Arrow, so you know, it was kind of yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. He kind of had a guest spots in uh, Arrow. He was also in. Um, they, uh, he was also part of an animated feature, Justice yeah. League Dark, and that was really awesome. Good. So that was really good. Not yeah. a Swamp thing, but still really good. <laughs> yeah, like I, I really wish they'd just make a Justice League Dark movie, which they apparently were planning to do at some point. Uh, but I wish that that becomes a thing because I love Justice League Dark. It's actually my, I actually prefer that to Justice League. Yeah. Um, but uh, actually, speaking of which, off the bat, I went to go see Teen Titans Go to the movies. Oh, yeah? Uh, today because I have time off. And, you know, I'm like, oh, I'll go to the cinema. So I went to the cinema to go see it. And uh, it's fantastic. Oh, that's good. It's really good. Like, here's the thing. I'm not a fan of Teen Titans Go, uh, the cartoon. Like, I like Teen Titans, the, the, the original yeah. series that yeah. came out, like, obviously the comics. But so I went, to, I wasn't going to go see this, but then I saw some reviews. And, everything, and it actually compared it to the Lego movie, but with more DC in-jokes and more comic book in-jokes. And yeah, it is that. It's If you like Lego movie, this is great. 
it, it has a lot and the more into the more into DC and comics you are the more jokes you get like there's random Watchmen jokes in it oh, which oh, nice. is fantastic oh, um, like yeah some of it is a little bit bit distasteful if you're if you're stuck to the original Teen Titans animation style because it is in that Teen Titans Go style but once you get over that it's actually well it never really affected me at all the whole time but um there is a little Easter egg at the end that kind of ties it all back together. If what I tell you is, if you have kids, take them. You'll have a great time. If you're an adult like me and Bryn, you'll also enjoy it. Bryn, I know you'll love it. That's why I spoke for you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's definitely worth your time. Uh, it's you know, to be fair, it's it's all, they're only shown at very limited times because they are kind of they have they, this movie has kind of been written off as a kids movie and it really shouldn't be. The plot is very kid friendly, but there's so much there that you'll actually really enjoy it. Like I didn't think I'd see a, a- many Watchmen jokes. Mm. in a kid's movie. But it, it's kind of like, um, I don't know if you ever watched, uh, it, but from what you're saying, it kind of, it, it sounds a little bit like a Gravity Gravity Falls, which in my opinion is yes. like the, yes. one of the best family shows that ever came, that has ever been made. Because like, yeah, it is very much for, for uh, kids. But I mean, if you're an adult, there's so much there to enjoy. Like, you know, there, because there is like like just enough there for adults to kind of go, oh yeah, this is fun. I like this. You know, well, and actually the, enjoy it legitimately. Well, actually, the yeah. IMD review of it at the moment is eighty nine percent. That's good. The That's IMD good. the IMD review for Avengers: Infinity War is eighty seven percent. Ooh, and you know yeah. what? And you know what? That's not unjustified. That's the crazy thing about it. It is actually that good. Yeah, like, I I was not my my my. Uh, my base was very low, but then when I was watching, I'm actually this is really good. It gets all the characters, it hits all the beats. Um, the cameos alone are fantastic. Nicolas Cage plays Superman. That's yeah, yeah, that's, that's a nice reference in of itself. In of itself, it's so good. So, yeah, I, I straight off the bat, guys, if you're gonna, we're gonna talk about three movies. This is the first one, all of them you should go see. Start with this one because it's on earlier. Let's yeah. move on to the one you're on to assignment, uh, Bryn, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah, so uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp was so much fun. It's, I mean, so it basically uh, picks up right where we left off in terms of what we knew from um, from Avengers Infinity War, where we know he's under house arrest. So that's kind of like where the story picks up from. From there, it's just the general hijinks about him getting his suit back, him get it, him getting back in touch with um, uh, Michael Douglas and with um, I can't think of the girl who play uh, the, who plays Wasp, but gets back in uh, back in touch with them. Hope, hope, yeah, yeah. And they um, and they're off to try and rescue uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, who plays Michael Douglas's wife, who, yes. as everyone know, as you should remember fell uh, into the quantum realm and never to be seen nor heard from again. And yeah, it's the story is really, is really to, is told really, really well. Um, the child actor who plays, um, uh, who plays at uh, the daughter for, um, uh, for Scott is so, so adorable yet again. It's awesome. Yes. Like it, yeah, again, it's just it's a film that's brilliant. And like, have you seen it yet? Or oh yeah, you know, I yeah. went. I saw it a week or so ago. Yeah, really enjoyed it. I was a huge fan of the first one, uh, despite the fact of you know it not being like a right movie. But it's it's one of the movies that got that has gone under the radar 
like for a lot of people, like I know people who are big into the Marvel movies that haven't seen it. This didn't do super well in the box office either because I think people just write it off. They shouldn't though because this movie is super important to Infinity War. Like of all the Marvel movies you can skip, you can really skip Black Panther because nothing really happens in that that affects Infinity War. Yeah, this, so the Black Panther is a better film. It, oh no, like, it is a no, it, <laughs> no, no, it is a better film. Don't get me wrong. Like it's a very enjoyable film. I'm on the Wasp, however, is a lot of setup. You know what this is? This is like when you're reading through issues, uh, yeah. you know, of an, of an event and like particularly with Crisis. Crisis is my favorite comic series of all time. Crisis and Infinite Earths. If you're reading through that, they have this, the the twelve books, but then there's loads of setup around in other books, and this is what this feels like. The same with um, Black Panther. Black Panther, I felt like a side issue where something romantic had nothing got to do with Infinity Wars or the Avengers really at all. This is the opposite. It's a much smaller, self-contained spy movie, but everything that it does, everything that it sets up, is going to be super important. Like the fact that they're going into the quantum realm, that alone. Um, well, it's. I mean, to get into the spoiler territory. No, will we get into spoiler territory? Um, uh, okay, we will, guys. Yeah. We're going to go spoiler territory. If you don't want to know any more about this movie, turn off your radio and listen to the podcast. Bryn, go for it. <laughs> yeah. So look, in this, in like the main thing in the terms of spoiler territory is that there is a post-credit scene, and it basically it gives you kind of like uh, that that moment where you're going to be foaming at your mouth. To, yes. see, to go, I have to see Infinity War 2. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, pretty much a, a lot of the spin off movies you don't know when they're set. This gives yeah. you a very, very clear indication of when this movie is set. Yeah, and after it's finished, you know, yeah. like when it's finished, you're like, ah, grand, this is, I know exactly what's going on. And then you're like, oh my God, I need to know what's going on here. But yeah. where he is, where he's set up, and what the rumors are with Infinity, with, with uh, Infinity War 2. Uh, vendors for it, it's very clear it looks like what they're going to do and uh, i don't i don't know if you want to get into some of the rumors but um yeah, there is a, some interesting theories about what they're going to do and it's yeah <laughs> yeah it depends I, I i i've heard the entire script i don't know how much of that i believe but it does seem like a lot of this is going to involve using the quantum realm to mess with time in yeah. some way and yeah. and that seems to be what they're building up to and that's why this movie is super important now the next movie that's coming out on the Marvel docket will do even more setup, and that's Captain Marvel, yep. which is coming out in December or next yep. year. I December? Think December. I think it's December this year. Yep. A quick, a quick ninja Google there, and, and it's just like uh, the whole cast here are great. I loved. Uh, it was great seeing Michelle Pfeiffer again. It's, it's weird seeing the the the, age, the anti aging engine that they use. It's like wow, this is like watching Batman Returns. Batman Returns again. It's spookily yeah. it's, it's spookily good you know um uh, yeah oh, it's, it's something that I, I remember even seeing it with uh the um the first time i really appreciated the, how good the aging effects and makeup that they have was mm. in uh civil war with tony yeah. stark tony and stark, you know, yeah. flashback thing and you're going like oh my god that is actually a younger version of downey jr and then they did an even better job with kurt russell in yes. uh, in guards Gar- 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 too like, it's like, whoa, it's Snake, Plis- it's Snake Plitzen. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, um, Mar- March 8th, 2019 yeah, is when we have to wait, which kind of sucks. Aquaman's coming out in December, so hey, that's yeah, that's something. That looks fun, too, to be it honest. Does. It does I look mean, fun. It looks fun. I mean, I can't... I I think that the... I, you know you know what? Like, with DC films, they've been on an upswing since Wonder Woman. 
You know, yeah. I think Wonder Woman's probably been the best one they've made so far, but they're on an upswing, in my opinion. You know, like yeah, like I'll, I'll go see them. Uh, I I enjoyed them. Um, even even Suicide Squad, I enjoyed until I thought about it. Then I got upset. <laughs> yeah. um, I like Donna Justice actually quite a lot. I like I like Donna Justice, the director's cut, way more. Um, mm. I, I think that movie was hacked to bits and should have ended. Yeah. Um, uh, after Donna it, Donna Justice. I can't speak for the extended one, but the theatrical cut to me felt very bloated. It was. Like, it was very. Bloated. It was like the, whatever way they that editor should have been fired because he did a terrible job. Um, yeah. who, whoever. I don't even know if it's the editor, man. I mean, like they nah, had man, they had like an hour of storyline that, that that did not need to be shown. <laughs> you know, well, no, it, it makes sense in the director's cut. You know, yeah. they really they really do kind of expand on it, and I think they were. With, with the DC movies, they left themselves between a rock and a hard place. I, I respect them for doing what they were doing because it was kind of a silly move to kind of just go hardcore for it. But they did it. You know, they said, right, we'll just go for the team movie and then just, you know, pick up everything else. Now, the, the way to do it, there was a way to do it and a way not to do it. And the way they chose to do it by, you know, Wonder Woman opening up an email with loads of attachments, that was silly. <laughs> that was if ridiculous. If they had done that as a web series, and it would have built more hype. Yeah. Yeah, they, they could have they, they could have done a whole viral American thing, or they could have just had the Justice League being the Justice League, you know, in Resmea, you know, where it's just like, okay, they've been the Justice League for. You know what they should have done? Tower of Babel. That's what they should have done. They should have just done the Tower of Babel storyline, where they just the Justice League have been around for like three or four years, and then they do the entire uh, Tower of Babel storyline. It's weird because when you watch the DC animated movies, like done by. Paul Dini, etc., 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 except for the Killing Joke, which has its own problems. All the rest of them are actually fantastic movies, which would be great going to big screen. But look, that ship yeah. has sailed, and I hope they do kind of turn it around because they need mm-hmm. to, or else See, stop making these I movies. Think, I think it's kind of difficult to compare the live action ones to the animated ones. I don't think so, live, man. But I don't think so. The live action ones are like are clearly invested towards being shown to a broader audience. The ones that are made for animated audience are made for a very knowing audience. <laughs> yeah, it's, but here's the thing, you know, if you're if you're watching if you're watching Justice League Dark, like mm-hmm. the, the the cartoon series, you're going to enjoy that. You know, even if even if you're not a huge even if you're not a huge fan. Yeah. Um, because it is a very interesting story. Yeah, I, but I think it's more like it's it's a lot harder like there's there's not really anyone in justice league dark that you'd be able to go oh yeah we can build a trilogy around this guy out of that one Con- film constantine dead not, man not, not from that film sorry you have you have one you have one movie of constantine you have another movie of you know dead man you do the crossover then in justice league dark where they meet the justice league and that way you can kind of expand rather than just here's a big data dump of everything you need to know. Yeah. Because I think the, the, pro- the, the problem with the DC movies is instead of them being a, a show don't tell, they're a tell don't show. Oh yeah. That's, that's the biggest problem. With them. They're just like exposition dumps the entire way through. But that's kind yeah. of what I was saying. Like with, um, you know, and um, it's kind of like, but then you see something, it's interesting. Cause like then you compare it to the other, to the last film I've seen, uh, that I was going to talk about was the Incredibles, which yes. Incredibles too. Where like yes. the Incredibles, <laughs> like they get through. Like I'm always amazed by how much information Pixar are able to just provide someone going, I know enough. 
in as yeah. little in as little time as possible. It's amazing. Like it's it's something that definitely should be like part of any film school. Is just watching how well Pixar do it because, in my opinion, they get necessary information across audiences faster than anyone else does, and it's so, like consistently as a single studio. It's phenomenal. Um, and I then, heard a lot of I, the weird thing about it on on Incredibles. I heard a lot of really bad things about the Incredibles. Then I watched it. I'm like, what movie are you watching? Yeah, I, the, I do. I, I don't get the negative backlash yeah. to it. And it has 93 on Rotten Tomatoes, and it deserves every single piece of that. But yeah. it wasn't der- derivative. Yeah, I think. Well, I, I think the. I wouldn't say it's derivative, but I would say that like it, it had it was using like. The whole hypnosis angle is something that has been done and done better in the yeah. past. Yeah, I wouldn't look, say, like I, I wouldn't say it's like one to one derivative, but it's uh, yeah, like I wouldn't say that it's all like it is and it isn't is kind of like how I would uh, talk about it. I don't think I've seen I don't think I've seen like the hypnosis angle done where the villain came so close to winning. <laughs> yeah, um, that's true. Here. The big problem, the biggest problem I had with that though, was that like across, I would say across the first film and the first two acts of this film of uh, Incredibles 2, at no point do they make you feel like uh, Violet or, oh, what's the boy's name? Dash. Uh, Dash. They never make you feel like Violet or Dash are dumb people. No. So it makes it really infuriating when they go, they put the glasses on Frozone and now he's out to, he's trying to kill us. If we take the glasses off everyone, we will be able to solve this problem really easily. And they just don't do that. And it comes up to Jack Jack having like having to have an emotional moment that they could have reached in other ways and not made Dash and Violet seem dumb. Actually, what I will have to say you know, is n- not to spoil Teen Titans Go to the movies for you. Very similar plot. Now that I think about it, <laughs> very very similar, done in different ways. Yeah. Arguably, uh, the stakes are funnier in Teen Titans Go to the movies yeah. than Incredibles. But look, go see both. Yeah. Very very good movies. Uh, the Incredibles two gets two thumbs up. Every single movie that we talked about today, um, do go see because they're just oh yeah, uh, it's crazy. It's, the movies have just been really good lately. Yeah, but I mean, like, when it comes to Incredibles, like, that's literally the only complaint I had about it was like mm-hmm. that one bit, and the rest of it's good. Like, yeah, that's true. You know, it's a it's a blemish on a good film. Yeah. You know, like I mean, it, um, outside of that, you know, I mean, like it, it's still a really good film. Like, I mean, even comparing it to like, I mean, most films I've seen so far this year have been solid at the worst. Like. Mm-hmm. Ocean's Eight I saw, and that was decent. Like I didn't see that. I missed it. Yeah. I was I was annoyed I missed it, but yeah. sure, it's decent. I mean, like, I mean, on the plus side, it's it's as good as the George Clooney one. I haven't seen the the original from the fifties, but mm. it's as good as that one. It's you know like it. It shares a blemish in that it has a character who can't do an accent doing an act doing an fair. accent. Like okay, uh, like in the first, if, for those who don't remember, in the Clooney one, you had J- Don Cheadle doing one of the worst English accents, one of the worst London accents ever committed to film. Out of this, you have um, Helena Bonham Carter doing uh, one of the worst Irish accents ever put to film. Oh, geez, I need to see this and, solely yeah. for that. But it's like with, with Bonham Carter, with both of them, actually, it's just the case of like you expect more out of them. You know, because like mm. they're good actors. In Bon Carter's case, she's a great actor. Yeah, and then she's English, so she 
she's so close to Ireland that she should be able to do it. There's, you almost feel there's no excuse for it. Mm. You know? Expect- but, look, you know? but look, man, it, it is one of those things, you know, where... It's, Irish we, accents are hard. Yeah, they know? are hard. Because yeah, I mean, an Irish man who doesn't have one. <laughs> true, actually. Most people think you're American, which is pretty yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> Even Americans think I'm American, so... Yeah. You know, it's hilarious. So, uh, just on a tangent here before we get into uh, DCC and uh, I'd start um, re- uh, previewing that. I've been playing a phenomenal, video- I've played a few video games lately actually. One is Jurassic Park Evolutions, which is, yeah. sorry, Jurassic World Evolutions, which is really good. If you guys like Team Park and Dinosaurs, play that game. It's super fun. Um, and another game actually, which I only discovered thanks to Outside Xbox and um, Outside Extra, Guilty Gear, that whole series, man. I didn't know it was the thing. Mm. Did oh. you know it was a thing? Yeah, I, I didn't. It was a thing. I just didn't. Why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? I didn't play it. I didn't play it. I just knew it was a thing. It's really good. Yeah. It's uh, probably the best fighting game series I've ever played. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's it's spectacular. Now it's been going on for years, right? The most recent one, I, all the way about the Xbox, PSP, all kinds of stuff, and they're all good. However, the most recent one, Guilty Gear X or D Revelator, the names are crazy. Um, fantastic! It came out for the PS4, and you get it for twenty quid. It is single-handedly the best fighting game of the past fifteen years. That's a bold statement no it's a true statement i'm sorry it's a true statement <laughs> i'm not saying i'm not saying it's not true i'm just saying it's a bold statement there are some very good fighting games there are the there are but this thing kind of does it trips it all back to basic combo moves uh brilliant story great art well, okay for thing the storyline is literally an anime like you're watching an anime for an hour and a half that's kind of weird but the arcade mode the fighting uh, all that kind of stuff it's great it's exactly what you expect a game like street fighter 4 to be or tekken 6 to be but better um if you're a fan of that kind of stuff play it pick it up it's fantastic uh guilty gear x or d revelator also shout out to guilty gear on xbox 360 or on the psp has one of the weirdest characters ever in a in a, in a video game uh, fighting game it's uh, called uh, zampa and his whole thing is he's possessed so all his moves are based on the exorcist and one of his finishing moves is uh he turns into, into sudoku and shows his um shows his his um full uh, the video from the ring and it consumes our soul it's it's great <laughs> yeah that's so great yeah look if you're that's looking so, for that's so bizarre i love it oh man it's it's great like it's as i said one, one of the best games i've played all year um and the whole series is just great you can go all the way back uh it, it's actually a gigantic series uh guilty gear 2 overture is the one that's on the 360 and uh yeah Definitely, if you haven't played them, you know, go out of your way to play them. Uh, big fans for Persona 4 and Blaze Blue as well. So, nice. two tomes way up. I, I've been playing them pretty much nonstop. Okay, let's get into business. So, this Friday, uh, we'll be attending the press panel for Dublin City Comic Con. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen yet. We'll find out. Uh, but we'll be playing clips of that next week. And also, uh, we'll be there on the Saturday. So you guys are there. Uh, we'll have all our press stuff and come over and say hey. So what I have to say is things are kicking off around 12 o'clock on Saturday and uh, 11 o'clock on the Sunday. John Romero is going to be there on Saturday. Um, personally really looking forward to that dean kane peter uh, mackin um the whole thing with balder animation and uh, like the whole thing is there uh, 
big emphasis on cosplay as well this year. And then there's some really good uh, panels in panel two and three. Uh, Rogue Comics are showing up. That's pretty awesome. It's going to be a fan fiction of Stormtrooper showing as well, an evolution of horror. Uh, seriously, like, Bryn, I, this is going to be difficult to try and pick what's what's going on here on, on the panels it's yeah. uh, all the floors all five floors apparently as well i have a feeling that we'll have to just like kind of split up and do yeah. uh, and do, it's like it's brian rock here on the scene Talk yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <Brian. laughs> yeah like it, it is it is pretty much uh sp- like huge the guests alone are great you know i don't know what guests we're going to be able to get for the show but uh we'll, we'll see what's going to happen you know carl orban is going to be our nick frost laura petty michael dorn Oh man, just alone. That's a reason to go to check it out. There's also a 2080 panel at 11 o'clock on Sunday, which I'm excited about. Love 2080. Uh, but yeah, and also making gun. Christian should. Do what? As every good Christian should. Of course, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's shaping up to be one of their biggest years ever, really. Uh, I, I, as you said, when we had Olivia on the show, you know, I remember when Comic Con was out in Swords and no, it was like a room that nobody went to. And now, and now it's it's in a convention center. So just to kind of run, do a rundown here, right? So the ground floor is the trade hall, the interactive sets, and the cosplay zone. The first floor is the special guest artist alley, panel rooms, portfolio reviews, photo booths, uh, a quiet room, and first aid. Second floor, gaming, all kinds of gaming. So gaming, tabletop gaming, screening rooms, virtual reality, uh, an indie developer's room, and then uh, three to six domain auditorium. And they're going to have Lego and all that kind of fun stuff there as well. So, yeah. Clear the weekend, guys. <laughs> that's, why, that's why we're doing the show like this, because we're going to be absolutely incredible incredibly busy and i'm probably going to spend a lot of time at the gungan building trying to prove my my skill there man to be honest it's going to be so hard to get you away from that to do some actual work yeah so hard so (laughs) actually actually last night i went back in and i was like i want to practice so i actually stayed up all night making the gungan i just you know if you guys haven't done it they're going to become huge when that movie comes out because there is there is talk now that after uh, ready player one and the success of ready player one uh there's going to be a gungan movie coming out very soon oh no yeah, it's gonna be fun. Oh no! <laughs> Gigantor, god damn it! I want that. <laughs> Gigantor, man, that's got. They have to set that up. That wasn't in Ready Player One. Yeah. Actually, what did you think of that movie? Um, I, I'm very mixed on it. You know, it just, I just, I kind of, it was everything I was afraid. It kind of reminded me of like, um when I saw the trailer for the Lego film and thankfully Lego film didn't turn out, it didn't turn out like this, but I just felt like the Lego film was aggressively marketing towards me and my demographic going, you'll like this, you'll like it. And I kind of felt that this was doing the same thing. And this was exactly what I thought was exactly what I thought that would do. But here's the thing though, you know, I, I enjoyed it, you know, for that reason. Like once you, like the book is better despite some of the problematic stuff that's in the book, the book is a much better read and and an experience, but visually you go in and you're just having a good time. Oh yeah. But it's, I keep waiting for that, like for uh, that return to form for Spielberg, 
and I mm. can't quite get it. And it's well, so- he only he only did one day on set. Like he's, yeah. the rest of us in the computer. But you know, like because like they were kind of going like, oh, this is the return to form for Spielberg, and you're like, oh, it was it, be. For, it, 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 it was for the five no. minutes that he directed. Yeah, it's like the continuation of form, if anything, for for Spielberg, where it's just this slow descent into being a very mediocre filmmaker. Well, man, as I said again, like there was a point there when they got in the truck and they were going forward and they were being chased by everybody. That was very Spielbergish, but the rest yeah. of it was literally just a computer game. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, guys, I want to talk real quick about our Twitter. So look, there's two Twitters that we have. One actually works and ignore the other. So at nerd two, that's the number two, no 92 five. That's our Twitter, and that's where you can reach us as well. Also, our two competition winners are Jody Lee and Carrie Maguire. Thank you to everyone who entered, and uh, obviously, uh, thank you to Dublin City Comic Con for providing us those tickets. So, Bryn, before we let you go, is there anything that you'd like to plug before we uh, wrap it up this week? Um, no, I'm not gonna. Re- I can't think of anything specifically to plug. I'm just gonna plug a friend of ours over geeksoftheindustry.com for uh, for ge- for every geek. Of every nature, if you like films, they have a bunch of fil- they have a bunch of film ones, including uh, one called Matinee, one where it's talk about new releases, geeks on film, and then occasionally you will get the pleasure of it being myself and my good friend in Polonius Punk KSC doing shit film Sundays too, shit harder, um, and then uh, they also have like wrestling podcasts, uh, NPR, Pro- uh, Mega Paris Radio, and. They have a few other ones, but I can't think of what they're called right now. But yeah, there's they do loads. Check out geeksindustry.com. They will they'll get you sorted for some kind of a podcast at the very least. Fair enough. Guys, my plug is, of course, going to be my Twitter, at RWV. Uh, WVI Desk is our website, which I need to update again. And, of course, we are live every single Tuesday at 8 p.m. and every single Saturday at 5 p.m. for Nerd to No Basis. So until next week... I've been Dara Connor. He's been Vinnerwork. Talk to you then.